It can be easy for us to think that we need to have everything perfectly in place before we embark on a new initiative. Having founded the Solstice Festival in 2017 and launching their new brand, the Solstice Collective, Jamie and George Oyabodi show us that this is far from the case. It's your boy Tando, and this is Rooted and Established. So initially, um, with all the episodes that we do, we start off with a feature called What's Happening at the Root. So this is where um, we try and find out like a little bit more about our guests, um, what they're into, some of their experiences. And it works through, um, I'll give you guys a sentence and I want you guys to finish it off, yeah? So this sentence is, my best music festival experience was... All right, we're going to both say the same thing. Glastonbury, 2019. Is it? Yeah, I think 100% agree there. Yeah. Um, I, although my, lo- obviously, like, deep loyalties to Solstice, but I think <laughs> we've got a few more years until we um, okay. compete with any of the individual experiences we've had there. Okay. What 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 make Glastonbury so special? Because I know you guys have both been to, like, loads of different festivals. I mean, Tendo, if you want to talk about the things that we're actually supposed to be talking about here, I won't answer that, but I can go for it if you want. <laughs> no, go um, for it, go for it, man, go for nah, it. No, I mean, to be honest, I just think as a, as a sort of cultural experience and as a um, as a sort of flagship in the sort of cultural and the music and, and arts world, mm-hmm. if, you are, if you are interested or feel like you are in any way connected to it, it is something you have to do in your lifetime. It is so significant. In, okay. Um the role it plays in shaping, forming, reflecting um, the sort the culture and arts and music that we exist and live through. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, we also yeah. had great weather, which makes everything 10,000 times better. So. Yeah. George, George, what <laughs> about think, you? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think to build on uh, Jamie's point about that sort of cultural um, stand Glastonbury has as a festival, mm-hmm. just like in the society. Yeah. Um, in terms of a personal experience specifically from the weekend, um, I think going into it when Glastonbury brooked Stormzy yeah. to be the head. Oh, was that was that the year that you guys was that the year that Stormzy? That was the year. Oh, we so you went, saw Stormzy yeah, at Glastonbury. Was, yeah. We saw Stormzy headline. And I think there'd been a bit yeah, no, it was sick. <laughs> no, it was hard. sick. Like <laughs> but there'd been a bit of um controversy and I think it was perhaps similar to I think when Glastonbury booked Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. A lot of people were getting at Jay Z and be like, you know, there's no place for hip hop at Glastonbury. And I think mm. it was a similar thing with Grime in the UK. Mm. And then people were like, oh no, we'll go to another act. We're not going to go to the pyramid. And me and a group of mates said, no, we're definitely going to go. And I think it was when Blinded by Your Grace part two yeah. just played. Yeah. And there was just a whole gospel choir yeah. behind the store. I'm even getting goosebumps now. Yeah, like, no, I, said, I, because, I remember. people were just in tears. Yeah, like, as in like, crying. yeah, as in like, because even for that as well, there were like some familiar faces that I knew that were like in that choir as well. So like, yeah, the really? whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like just different musicians that, not that I know personally, wow. but it's like I know <laughs> I know the yeah, yeah, other yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it, it was a moment. Like it was actually like, yeah, it was sick. It was sick. Yeah. So I guess the first question that I want to ask you guys, yeah. Well, usually when you hear people like they're starting something new, it's like oh, I'm starting like a new online platform or like a new podcast or like at best, it's like I'm starting a new business. But then, like, George, when you came up to me, I can't remember when it was, but you were just like, me and Jamie are looking to start a festival. I was just there like, what like, what the heck? Like, that is just so, like, it's such a big thing to do. And to start it out and just off the bat, just be like, yeah, like, this is something that I want to do, like, from scratch. Like, um, yeah, like, what, what made you guys want to start a festival as like a new sort of venture to go out on? Like what was, what was the story behind the inception of it? Um, I mean, I think to be honest, the, what, what Solstice has become, it's very different to what it was when it started. Mm-hmm. And when we, when the, the idea of the festival was created, we were in on holiday in Cornwall. Yeah. I just got back from traveling. George was in his first or maybe second year of uni. Yeah. We were both in that sort of period of our life where we kind of thought we could do anything. Yeah. And there was um and and and, and there was a real incentive for us to want to continue raising money for the mm. RNLI for quite obvious reasons. Yeah. 
and I think also start raising money for young minds because um, mental health for, for, for children is just so important. Yeah. We felt there was something we just had to contribute towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that was kind of it. A few drinks, two of us <laughs> sitting there, one of my best mates. And we said, look, well, why don't we just give it a go? And and there is actually a bit of irony. I say irony is probably not the right word. There is a real nice story in the fact that mm. We've both just called out Glastonbury as the best festival we've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, the last sentence that was said was, imagine running Glastonbury, imagine running a festival before George turned to me and said, why don't we just try and do it? Yeah, yeah Glastonbury was actually the inspiration, still is probably the okay. inspiration, in terms of not just being a festival, but a, a cultural and art, art experience. Okay. Um, what is it, what, so are you saying it was post-Glastonbury where you were like, wow, imagine running a Glastonbury? We hadn't even been to Glastonbury at the point that we said that. Okay. We were just looking at it as an event in yeah. 2017 going, just imagine that being your job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 14 months later, yeah. Um, Celsius Festival, I was running as Glastonbury round two to a few people uh, arrived <laughs> uh, in, 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 in the Surrey Hills. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, you know, that it's, I think there's a bit of a, there's a real nice sort of story there in terms of, I think, staying true to what we really believe in, despite mm. the fact that where we're going now is very different to where we started. Mm. Okay, no, that's really cool. Um, so seeing as obviously you two are brothers and this is an all family affair, um, I thought I'd whip up a little surprise for you lot. So this might catch you off guard, but I'm going to play a little clip. Um, yeah, let's listen to it. Hi, Tendo. Just a few words about my sons. I'm very proud of Jamie and George regarding the Solstice Festival and Creative everything from the moment it was just an idea to the final events have been their own hard work. It's so impressive that Solstice has been achieved alongside their studying, jobs and other everyday life pressures and commitments. Above all, as their mum, it makes me happy beyond words that as brothers they can work together and collaborate to achieve a platform providing music, art and culture and at the same time support two charities close to our hearts. Honestly, I'm in awe of my own kids. <laughs> how did you manage to get hold of the Solstice Paramedic? I don't know how you did that. <laughs> Listen, where there's a will, there's a way, trust me. <laughs> like, George, wow. how, how does it make you feel when you hear your mum say that about you guys? I mean, yeah, I mean, that was like, I, it really has caught me <laughs> off guard. I'm not really sure sort of what to say it's quite an emotional um like a kind of emotional moment i think just because um we do i don't i think often like with you know we just kind of do these things and when your family are around you Mm -hmm. there aren't many moments like that where we reflect on those things together i think we're just always doing it's like what's happening Mm um in sort of going forward it's just yeah. always updating it's not like you know you turn around and always go oh, like mum dad like kind of what what do you think of, yeah. of all of this but um I mean most importantly I think mum always will has probably done herself down in terms of how much support she has provided from mm. the very start mm. um whether that be volunteering to be the first aid trained representative in the first year or always being up at the land yeah. several days before with us to help set up and do any errands yeah. that we need, or even just providing emotional support in those moments where we're juggling a few things and we sort of need someone to speak to. Um, mm. So, you know, it it feels great that, that she's proud of what we do because cause her support is, is also just, yeah, so <laughs> just essential to all of that, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And the same you know that there is if there was a clip from dad it would be an equally emotional mm. emotional thing to kind of hear i think yeah but yeah thank you no i i tried to <laughs> really get... caught me off guard <laughs> no i tried to get your dad but obviously it didn't end up happening for whatever reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um i guess the reason why i wanted to do that um because i did want to just embarrass you guys a little bit as well but then <laughs> also i guess because when i look at you two like without Actually, no, I'm going to give you guys your props because I think you deserve it. Like, Jamie, obviously, both of you have 
like performed like exceedingly well like academically like Jamie you went to Durham graduated was it was it theology wasn't it philosophy yeah. philosophy yeah um obviously working an amazing job George you recently graduated from Oxford and obviously you guys doing this together um it's it's I guess it also is a testament to like your upbringing and how your parents have raised you and yeah like what influence has your upbringing had on your drive and ambition because Jamie you said like at that stage in your life when you started Solstice you just felt that you could take on anything but not a lot of people have that confidence or have the ability reach a point in their lives where they're able to say like I can just take on the whole world and do whatever I want so yeah like what has what influence has your upbringing had on yeah like you being able to reach a point in life where you can say Bunny, I'm going to start a festival yeah it's a very good question I mean I think a lot of people will probably say about me that I I, I I brim with confidence, often sort of that's based in nothing. <laughs> and I'm very good at talking a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, and going traveling only heightens that for a lot of people because I think, it, you know, you just have an opportunity to see spheres outside your own. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were both, George and I, very blessed that we we had an upbringing that allowed us to bridge a variety of different social cultures Mm. um social classes economic groups um you know i i'm actually back at my my parents house at the moment our parents house in Mm. in in rygate in surrey and i'm looking out of the window at beautiful houses across across the street a load of kids playing cricket um all in the same prep school uniform Mm. and all of that is exactly what we had growing up until the age for george 10 and then me 13 Mm. we grew up in this very nice sort of um you know secure protected world of 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 rural surrey Mm. which i think gave us this freedom to really believe that we could um enjoy the world for what it's able to offer you Mm. and then we both went off to a senior school in, in in south london that kind of almost gave us a bit of an insight into a completely different way of growing up and living yeah that we both found equally as exhilarating being thrown into the depths of South London mm. and having to nag- navigate that as a teenager while finding yourself in the world mm. is just, I think it was almost the making of us. And it was also the first time we both walked into classrooms at school and people that looked like us in terms of skin colour yeah. were suddenly just not in the minority anymore. Yeah, You know, in every school yeah. classroom at Whitgift, the, the racial split would be in thirds often yeah, across yeah. Caucasian brown people and black people. Mm. And that was so important for both of us, mm. probably more important than we even realized at the time Yeah, um, for mm. understanding that people like us and who look like us can take on the world and do what they want. Wow. Mm. I feel like I've just listened to Martin <laughs> Luther King right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really know how, I mean, I think Jamie is, spoken about that whole aspect i couldn't add more Mm. but i think um there is certainly a point to be made um uh just around i think a massive part of the upbringing is of our upbringing is being inspired by um kind of those figures we looked up to which for us we're fortunate to to have those in our parents and i think yeah um in uh, perhaps previous podcast members you've had on um they've also spoken about the importance of their parents i think perhaps when in previous interviews you've done with your parents yeah, yeah, yeah. about how yeah. important your parents like parents are just inspiring what you do and um i think that can't that that can't go amiss here mm. um our dad has worked fiercely hard mm. to get to where he has and mm. has, and has been through a lot of adversity mm. to get there um mm. he came from Nigeria with one suitcase um Mm. and I mean now I think I've only just about got to the age to appreciate um really how spectacular it is what he's done and some of the statistics which he sort of he keeps to himself yeah when you're age nine or ten and now you're realizing you know he was the only perhaps one a handful or the only black person in his position yeah professionally at the time he achieved it and um that that he, he he sort of proved to us that work ethic and, and really persevering with things you believe in mm. help you get far. Mm. Likewise with um 
our mum. She's just retired from an over 30 year career mm. um, as a nurse and much of that as a palliative care nurse, taking mm. care of people who have been told their life is ending. And I don't know how she managed to, to, to juggle that devotion to people who are in their last months with similar devotion to us when she walked through the door and the expectation we placed on her to to not have a bad evening or yeah. a bad kind of mood when she came in and yeah um those kind of that emotional strength that drive from from those two figures it is a massive part of both of our upbringing i think and mm. um, will always hopefully inspire us mm. for our life yeah yeah jamie i find it quite interesting how you drew like the contrast between the experiences that you had um, from the ages of like from when you were born up until like 13 and 10 respectively and then mm. starting at Whitgift in South South Croydon South London um, like I guess like the sort of stereotypical view is that um, say like posh kids that grew up in Surrey um, kind of are really entitled and think like the world owes, owes them a lot um, and for you guys like when 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 did you sort of come to appreciate like the different experiences that you had in terms of like the different cultures and um classes that you were interacting with um as you were growing up because i guess obviously you mature and then you you have a better like appreciation for different mm. things but is that something mm. that you guys were always appreciative of or is it only looking back that you're like wow like this was actually so good for me I think both of those things are true. I think in the in the de in the in the midst of having it at Whitgift, mm. I loved it to bits, and I look back now and feel very privileged to have it. Mm. And that's not least because I went to a uni, which I mean, I had a brilliant time at uni, and I'd do it all over again. So I've made some phenomenal friends. Mm. And my uni was it like my prep school again. It was it was so overwhelmingly white and wealthy. Yeah, and you know. A, we're very fortunate enough that we could tick one of those boxes, <laughs> yeah. but we couldn't tick both of them. And yeah. that always made you feel like there was a bit of a sense of other in the way that you were mm. at uni. And certainly it, it created an environment where you felt you almost had to justify your, yourself and your being mm -hmm. that you ticked one of those boxes mm. um, very quickly. Um, and I think there's also no secret that the corporate world is, is, is very of a state sort of, certain set of stereotypes and i'm very fortunate enough to be working at a company that's making a huge and monumental effort to try and change that mm. um but it's going to take a long time yeah so i look for as a result of both of those sort of latter experiences i i do look back fondly on my time at school mm. for the diversity that i it, it had yeah. and the outlook on life it gave me yeah and that's not just really... um sorry <laughs> just to finish george that's oh, not course, just go, um go. Um, that's not just racial diversity, that's religious diversity, yep, yep. You know, that's economic diversity. Yeah, There are so many facets which we were able to witness at school that mm. are really important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like, it's also something that is still, it, it's still great to see it happening now. Like even when we look at the people in their early to mid twenties of our age mm. who were at school, still, making moves still going places like bumping into them again in after uni yeah. asking what they're up to and leaving that conversation being like wow like yeah. i'm so inspired by yeah. what that person like they're a qualified doctor now mm. it's like yeah yeah, whoa, yeah. yeah. okay mm. like when you were in sit form and i was hanging out with you it was like you needed your a levels to, to get that and now yeah. you're doing it you've you're you're you've got that ahead of you it's just all of these it's just even more, it's just great to see really. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Going back to music, um, what attachments do both of you guys have to music? Oh, well, fair. As, as, as big as one could possibly imagine. I mm. mean, I think, <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, I chose this question specifically so that Jamie could flut his feathers a little bit, but the guy's too humble, man. Um, people's sort of emotional development mm. their understanding of the world yeah mm. i think it's incredibly important to everyone <laughs> even if people think they don't like music mm. yeah J jamie's probably being 
quite modest there. But, yeah, yeah um, I, I know he is. I was expecting more from his Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in particular. No, yeah, yeah. That's the, I was like, what should I... I ain't going to start banging on about like yeah. my personal music skills. I love music, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. I mean, Jamie like started uh, his own uh, jazz band with, That's what I with a hear. couple of friends. That's what the listeners uh, want to hear. Yeah, yeah. And this, was a, this wasn't at university. This was at school. Um so maybe there has always been that that drive um, to like just go for something, like start it, have an idea, do it. And mm. the jazz band was great. Again at university, Jamie was uh, sort of principal music, musical director, you might call it, of the his college jazz band. Um, you know, play has played in musical productions, worked at uh, you know Sony, lots of lots yeah. of big, yeah. you know, all of these, all, being in all of these places. So. For him, music is, you know, hope just such a central part of his life and something he's loved. And, um, you know, people might think, you know, the school we went to is predominantly known for its sport or something. That, yeah, that's a yeah. you know, ten, tender you and I formed so much of our friendship through the sport we've played, and yeah. still going to be doing that in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forward to it. <laughs> Come on. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, these are it, it's it's. It's not only something that yeah Jamie enjoys, but is also, you know, at the top end for for a young person. Um, mm. I'm really really using it in his life to do great things. What What about you, George? Because I know you've had like musical experiences. Like, what have they been for you? Yeah, so I think <laughs> it's 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 one of those those things where our our grandparents um, okay. on my mother's side were both massively into music okay uh, i think would i be right in saying that both studied music at university jamie absolutely yeah, yeah that's so correct both read music so mm. um because of that both drilled their children into learning an instrument to a very high standard yeah and i think because of that um our our mum forced us yeah into learning an instrument and although that probably resulted in you know days of tantrums yeah, between yeah, yeah. the ages of two and a half and ten <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like forcing us to practice for our piano and violin lessons yeah we'd definitely be grateful for it now because i i think um i still like i i just it's just a like i love it and i think it's quite meditative i've been mm. um just fortunate enough to be have a like keyboard yeah. chucked into where i'm living at the moment and even just sitting down for a half an hour an hour a day to yeah. play on on my own it's a time i'm not going to look at my phone yeah it's a time i'm not going to have to speak so it's just a really great moment of solitude to yeah. just collect thoughts and yeah um yeah really grateful to have that but yeah. by no means i'm <laughs> making movements and <laughs> performance wise <laughs> that's calm that's calm <laughs> no that's cool that's cool i really like that um so i've got a quote here from i don't know how to pronounce his last name but michael evis is it Evis, Avis, yeah, Evis, is it? Michael Evis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, obviously he's one of the co-creators of Glastonbury Festival. And uh, this was a quote from him in 2014. And he said, when I set out on this crazy hippie trip, little did I know that this roller coaster would run. But now I have to pinch myself every morning when I wake up to the excitement of another day heading up a team of the most creative artists anywhere in the world. Um. So Glastonbury has the title of the largest Greenfield music and performing arts festival in the world. And there are similarities that I can draw between Solstice and Glastonbury in the sense that one- That's very kind. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let me flatter you. I'm Let me flatter you. you. <laughs> there, are, yeah. there are similarities. Comparison one, they've both got festival in the title. <laughs> 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 no 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 so f firstly like they're both greenfield festivals so i guess quite similar to the, the comparison that you made jamie but um secondly is that glastonbury when it first started established itself as a powerful voice for social and political change and for raising money for good causes and you guys have two charities in particular that you raise money and awareness for um do you mind do you mind sharing a bit about what those charities are and then why you chose those charities in particular. Yeah, of course. So I'll, um, I'll, I'll do Young Minds and do you want to do Arnold Lie, George? Yeah, you go. 
Brilliant. Cool. So, um, Young Minds is a, is a, is a, is a, it's a charity that, that advocates for and does work to improve mental health in, in children and adolescents. And I think, um, I, I, I think in many ways, a lot of the, um, the reasons we support it kind of roll out of why we also support the RNLI. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think mental health for people of that age is just so important because mm-hmm. they are such formative years in your life. Yeah. And it's so easy to forget how hard it is for children to talk about emotions. So many people aren't even taught about how to do it. Mm. So that so many young people will go through feeling these incredibly deep emotions that have such an effect on them, sometimes too much of an effect, and just don't know how to express them. Mm. And they're doing such fantastic work to help people understand these emotions, express them properly, um, and people who really need some serious help giving it to them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, uh, we we think they are incredibly important um, yeah. cause to raise awareness and money for. Yeah, and that's really great. What what about the RNLI, George? <clears throat> so yeah, I think um, with the RNLI, it's it's a it's a massive personal mm-hmm. connection, really, um, and. Uh, in some way i guess it's it's a it's a really sad thing to say but we are unfortunate enough yet fortunate enough to all share that connection in this conversation and it's, yeah yeah um when 10 you know when when we were tenny and i were aged 14 um one of our dear friends um was very sadly involved in a motorboat accident and and passed away and um the i think it was a a traumatic moment for for us as a as a friend group and yeah. for i think the school really mm-hmm. and for, for anyone who was connected it was it was it was almost quite surreal really but it, but it was happening mm-hmm. um and uh ever since the that day i think um the the, the help that the honor i gave uh and personally and just as a charity just as an institution they were really unbelievable in in what they did and from that year onwards, we did support the RNLI through sport, um, yeah. which was a massive part of um, the bond we shared with Charlie, yeah. phenomenal hockey player. And we did that through the hockey festival. But on leaving school, um, it was that that was going to be the last year of the hockey festival. So I think there felt a bit of a void mm. in me personally, but how could we sort of keep commemorating him and mm. keep supporting the charity, both of those things were really important and um i think probably perhaps even subconsciously um it the festival is has worked perfectly because a massive part of charlie's life was also his music yeah and exactly um you know i think some of the most emotional moments that i have of like remembering uh him is is that like hearing him play the piano and yeah and it was like phenomenal really so that's amazing that we can we can commemorate those things through music as well and, mm. and support the RNLI at the same time and yeah uh, it's something that will always be part of of the festival yeah um, and particularly those um who who, who know and have mm. an insight it's great and, yeah um yeah I hope that in with things like you know you performing this year Tenny come on um, <laughs> you know you can it can feel really special for you for no those reasons definitely well. I think like even when um I think when you first started it and like you mentioned that um, the RNLI was going to be one of the charities that you were supporting, I think it was, yeah, definitely like very, I don't know, I don't know if bittersweet is really the word to describe it. It definitely was emotional, but I think I really admired the fact that like, I guess you guys are continuing to show support um, for them and what they're doing, like when they helped you like in your time of need. And it's like, you're not forgetting that because I think, as life goes on, obviously sad things happen. People pass away, people, I'm like, yeah, people pass away. But yeah. I guess as time goes on, it's easy to forget um, their lives essentially and, and what they meant to us, mm-hmm. um, which is sad, but then like it, it does happen. And I think the fact that you guys are intentionally going out of your way to ensure that you're continuing to support causes that have helped you, um, I think that's, that's amazing, 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 amazing. amazing.
what would you say, it, would you guys share, say you, you shared the same vision for what you'd want Solstice to become? Like if all your heart's desires were fulfilled, like what do you think Solstice um, <laughs> could become or grow into in the future? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I think, without wanting to give too much away, of course, of we, course, we de we definitely have a shared idea of what and where and how we want it to grow, mm. uh, and I think we view there we we view a world in which, you know, the festival is a flagship event, but one of many projects under our brand, the mm -hmm. Solstice Collective. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think something that we. Um, and certainly I am very guilty of is wanting to run before we can walk. And I think um, this sort of growth period for solstice is, is, it's going to take years, you know, yeah. and we only have a finite number of hours in the day, which mm -hmm. I regularly forget. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think you, you've got to enjoy the process. Mm. And so as much as we have things and ideas we want to we we want to sort of deliver on. It's really really important to make sure you stay in the present and enjoy the process and what's coming up in your immediate future. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, George, do you have anything to say on that? Um, no. Well, I mean, not not much really. I, I think just completely one hundred percent agree. Um, you sent the when we were speaking about the the kind of thrust we wanted to to discuss yeah on, in this chat yeah it was that idea of yeah we we didn't really have all of the all of those correct things in place mm. um and and we still don't mm. um as you said we've got big ideas we've got little steps and little ideas of how we think we might get to that big idea but we're just so so at the start mm. like we're so young and 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 immature i think really like in, in what we're doing mm. there are mistakes everywhere yeah um and it's about just always keeping those like values and, and why you started it at the heart when yeah. those when those mistakes happen when you're unsure just mm. think about like wait why wait why 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 did we start this like what do we want to achieve what, mm. what do we want to get out and enjoy it ourselves yeah. yeah um rather than getting like too caught up in the them like what it could be or mm. these big blue sky thinking mm. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because my next question was actually going to be like sort of along that line of thinking because mm. I guess from the outside looking in, like if one was to look at what you guys are doing from, I guess, a perspective that's very like materialistic, um, because you guys are doing this um, and your proceeds are going towards charitable causes, someone could easily look at it and think that there's less of a pressure or um, compared to say festivals that are all about like creating revenue and then profiting from that. Mm. Um, so like what would, you were talking about like your why and, and stuff like that, like what drives you guys to want to keep improving with what you're doing with Solstice Collective? So it's a really good question. What drives us to want to keep improving? I think- yeah, That's um, a great question. <laughs> I think I think ambitious people, right? I think I think ambitious people have a natural tendency to just want to excel and get better at things that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. I, on a personal level, love putting on events. Yeah, it's just I just really like it, and I also am a creative at heart. So it's very natural, I think, that year on year, the the instinct is to want to better yourself on last year, particularly when it's something you enjoy doing. Mm. Um, I think I think there's a lifestyle motivation for both of us mm. where we would love to get to a stage where our life is solstice okay. um, and, and, and sort of iterative improvement has to take place for you to get there. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's also a part of it where we want to we want to deliver a, a better experience for people each year. We want to keep people wanting to come back and expecting more and ultimately if we can facilitate those things happening we get to continue raising money for two charities that are very important to us yeah yeah and i think um to 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 build on that point like what drives us to keep improving solstice and perhaps this is something which has really grown as the solstice collective has come into the mixer and we have probably a few more avenues we can explore mm. is um 
the importance of as we grow and improve the the more um perhaps you know the the best way to say it might be to like channel how we communicate with others and with society Mm -hmm. like um we were deeply deeply affected by what was um the year anniversary yesterday um of george floyd's death and the subsequent protests Mm. and um we were thinking you know we were so upset like quite emotional about it and probably weren't quite sure what we could do about it but Mm. then by improving solstice year on year and by eventually channeling that sort of i guess in a way like activism within us like wanting to do good yeah um by channeling that into something like solstice i guess the more and more we can improve how we present solstice yeah the more we might be able to help the necessary change that we feel like should be made around us and how Mm. people view things like diversity and inclusion and access to opportunity Mm. um at the moment it's at a very micro level Mm. it might be the artist we book yeah yeah something yeah or the piece we publish yeah but it gives a personally for me and i think i could speak for jim as well it gives me a massive motivation to keep improving solstice Mm. because the more we improve it um the more we can influence Mm. that kind of thing on a greater level yeah um, exactly and be involved in the conversation the right conversations and things like that yeah no i think that's really great and i think like even hearing you guys speak like I'm just so inspired and like fired up because <laughs> there's a clear like direction in which you guys are clearly trying to take this thing. And I think mm. there's just something like when you hear someone speak with passion and, and purposefulness about like what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve. Um, I think as a listener, it just makes you also go through the same thought process in your own head about the things that you're doing and asking yourself mm. like why and then um, that, mm. what can I do to keep improving? Yeah. Maybe this, well, from the answers that you guys have given, like this may not be as much of an issue for you guys because um, you clearly know like what you're trying to do with your platform. But how do you guys manage with comparison? Because obviously like social media is a big thing. And obviously you mentioned how like, say like Glastonbury was like a big inspiration. Um, behind like the inception of solstice um yeah like how 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 do you is is comparison an issue that you guys face and if so like how do you manage it no so yeah i think um it's huge um and it's um perhaps a cause of the the mistakes that are made of wanting to run before we can walk i think those two are quite closely linked Mm. um we uh i think on with the two current projects we run i think that's probably the best way to break it down we've got the festival and we've got the online side yeah i think with the festival um that comparison is huge because we we just want to grow and we want to be a bigger festival and we just want to just jump through all the hoops right now Mm. with the hope of events coming back after covid it's like why don't we just do it now why don't we just like tackle this tackle that Mm. um and that comes probably it comes from a danger of just wanting to looking always up and looking at others and being like well they're there Mm. like we don't have that many Mm. years like how many more years do we have before we think it's a disappointment that we're not there yeah um yeah so we're probably always thinking that because the time is ticking we need to always just be looking ahead and comparing. And then I think with the online side, I found that particularly hard, like personally. I think Mm. it took me a really long time to adapt to like having to let go of the festival because of COVID and having to channel all our energy through the online side because um, it made me dangerously addicted to things like my phone and checking the profile and in some ways that at one point led to not enjoying the pieces we were producing. And I mm. think that also comes from a place of comparison because, um, you know, what we were starting some, you know, online magazine or something like it, there yeah. are so many things to compare to then. Mm. And 
they're so easy to just see mm. like going to an instagram profile or going to another online website and looking at it mm. and going whoa they're so much better they get so many reads they get such good interaction mm. i fa- i found that so hard particularly during a lockdown i'm not speaking to a friend who in person on Friday meeting them up and they yeah. go, oh, you know, I read your piece. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. That could just give yeah. you that nice confidence boost that nothing matters yeah. when you get a comment like that if you got three likes or mm. whatever. Mm. You know I mean? It doesn't matter when you just got that one friend who's like, whoa, mate, like really enjoyed it. And mm. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that, can, that also comes from a place of comparison, I think, of being fearful. Yeah. The salute, I, I don't, I think I'll, particularly the the age i feel i am it's i'm violent i do find it a hard thing to shake but Mm. um i think definitely speaking to jamie um you know i think we've even had really great chats about this kind of thing tendo because we are starting out in what the creative industry things like that and Mm. it really helps to chat to people who in my opinion are doing such inspiring things and Mm. i really think we'll go far in doing so but we're all starting out and we're all chatting about how we're doing it and learning and stuff. And that that's better. That's, that's not comparison. That's like kind of inspiration, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like even for me as well, like I know that I've said it before on on the podcast in like previous episodes, but I know like for me, there's a fine line between inspiration and comparison. So like if I'm on, yeah, I like, probably just said it subconsciously because <laughs> I've listened to one of the podcasts. Like I didn't realize how it's, yeah. it definitely will be. Yeah, yeah, I mean it shows your podcast is <laughs> like changing people's thought process, which is great. Yeah, and no, I, I just think it's so true because it's it's and it's it's just like it's it's such a fine line between like seeing something and being like, oh, I'm inspired to go out and do something, and then seeing mm. something mm. and dwelling on it that bit longer and, and thinking, yeah. oh, like this just makes me feel like crap now um mm. yeah so i guess like with, with you guys saying that i guess it's like you have like a good understanding of like where you're at um and like how to keep managing like your growth and to keep growing i like the word you use jamie it's an iterative process it reminds me of s1 <laughs> but um <laughs> straight, out of, straight out of the uh, i can tell you that straight out of the consulting handbook unfortunately yeah. um, i'm not gonna claim that's my age <laughs> yeah so like to to what extent do you guys feel as though you need to have all the pe or certain pieces to the puzzle before you like embark on starting something new? Yeah, I'll give it a go. I mean, I think every everything you do is experience that you can learn from. And mm-hmm. so I think there is an argument to say you do want to have parts of your puzzle in place before you embark on new things. Mm. That said, you know, sort of innovation and, um, you know, pushing things to their limits comes from pushing boundaries and, and, and taking on things that otherwise might be new. Mm-hmm. So it's a very fine balance between being silly and being bold. Um, yeah. And I think we we definitely flirt between the two. We've found that, I th- and I would say we've probably found ourselves on a couple of occasions on the silly side. But... Okay. I think it's about then, you know, if you think you're veering into that, that doesn't mean that you're, it, it sort of necessarily means you're not too far away from actually it being a bold, good idea. And you've just got to reframe, That's, I really like take that a step back, ask yourself the right questions and jump back over the line to the right side. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way of looking at it, actually. Um, like if you're veering towards like the sort of silly side that you're probably quite close to being bold and doing something that's actually like quite innovative. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are ideas that are just plain stupid at the same time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think, yeah. you know, <laughs> there are, you know, I think for a lot of time you can definitely see um, where the line is between silliness and bold. I mean, mm. it's a very similar sort of analogy to genius and insanity, right? It's mm. the same principle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think um, one thing in terms of, I think, to in a take your question in a slightly different tack because you were saying it's like what things do you kind of need to have in line mm. right is that what yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. i think it's uh <clears throat> it's quite it's been integral for us to feel that now um with i guess with solstice um we have a really we're fortunate to feel that we have a really good group of support base mm. I think, around us who are quite in really into the idea 
and that that's that's that super helps because um particularly say with something like a festival mm. i think perception around festival um is very wide and can be quite different like some people might think of festival and think rave yeah other people might think festival and something else or whatever mm. but um that's helpful for us to before we can grow i think to just have people who go yes we've got the festival but actually we really believe in like what the values are behind it just yeah. like and, and like selling that mm. um otherwise i think we would struggle to to keep pushing if we didn't have those things in line yeah um, yeah but yeah that's really helped, been really helpful i think no that's 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 really great i guess my my last question um is what's the best piece of of advice you guys got when you were starting this and what advice would you give to someone that's looking to start something new to a similar sort of scale mm. The best piece of advice that I can I, I can give to someone is enjoy the process and make sure you believe in what you're doing. Mm. I think, you know, if if you're doing it because you think it's a get rich quick or get popular quick exercise, mm. you're in the wrong reasons yeah. and you're going to get found out. Yeah, You've got to believe in the idea and you've got to enjoy the process of that idea. Mm. I think in terms of the best advice that we've been, I've been given or maybe we've been given, I think... I think I think I can't remember the exact quote, but I was having a conversation with um, um, the individual who runs Outlook Festival um, and Hideout Festival, uh, both wait, European festivals wait, that take place. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait! <laughs> How? Where's this contact? Like, what is like? What? What is the link? <laughs> uh, uh, I I met him at an event. Um, Okay, that's at, at an event a couple of years ago, he was giving a talk. He was running a panel event yeah. with the booking agent for Primavera, and he he basically said, you know, the thing the thing about festivals is you've got to work out how you can differentiate yourself. Mm. You know, because and and I think it's just a very very important point to bear in mind generally, and it kind of comes back to what George was saying earlier about continually comparing yourself to events and using them as a benchmark. Mm. I think it's completely reasonable to use someone like Glastonbury as a benchmark, mm. but to use your competitors as a benchmark is a really dangerous game because actually what you want to be doing is saying, how can we differentiate ourselves from the market? Yeah. Yeah. How can we use, how can we be different to the market to mm. continue to use our, our idea to grow? Yeah. And I think that helps you move away from almost demonizing people who could otherwise actually be your friends. Yeah. and help mm. you grow and develop um and you know i was kind of so taken aback by this guy and look i'm not saying that we're on the same level as these two festivals at mm. all mm. but he was so welcoming to the mm. idea that someone wanted to start a festival and was so on board mm. and happy to help and it was because he believes in his idea and he knows what his usp is and we yeah. weren't there to try and copy him yeah so yeah, yeah. That that is yeah, that is that is that's... really really good advice. I mean, I'm even going to take that for, yeah. for what I'm doing, trying to do with this. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I think the other uh, uh, kind of thing I'd probably say is the best bit of advice that that we've we've got, and I I think I, I say it a lot now, but I actually the person who told us this bit of advice also says he's starting to sound like a broken record because of how much he's used it <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> we were fortunate enough to speak to a um someone who's founded two uh arts and homelessness organizations two okay. charities about yeah. um so co-directing co-creating projects with those who have or are home have been or are homeless mm. um and he talked about the idea of starting out anything or even being the most successful company in the world it should be like the uh stick of rock that you might find in brighton and a company is like that so whatever you break the stick of rock mm. it says like brighton and i just think that keeps you loyal mm. to what you, why you're starting it out but wherever you might break your company, whoever mm. you might introduce to be part of it, mm. whatever project you might think of doing, if you mm. like break that down, does it stay the value that you want to achieve? So 
for us that might be like celebrating diversity or providing access to opportunity like anything we do yeah like do we check ourselves and i just i just it i'll remember it and i for so many years until i yeah. hear something i think which is just so just really captures um some like something so well i think i'll just keep saying it as the best bit of advice I've yeah i've heard but it Wait, really what, what was there. it what was the brighton i, I kind of missed the brighton part what was it it's like a stick of rock. Yeah, you know yeah, when yeah. you go to the seaside and like it's like if you're in Brighton, you go into a beach shop. Yeah, you find a stick of rock. Yeah, it says Brighton. Like when you look down the cylinder. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. Wherever yeah, yeah. you break it, it will say yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So um, no, that's it. Yeah, it's just I just think it's yeah really really stuck with me that yeah. Oh, that's really good. Um, that's it. We're done. <laughs> thank you guys thank you guys so much for coming thank on i think you. there's a there's a lot of no, great that was stuff mad. yeah that was that was so no, good thank you thank it's you very much it's, it's a yeah. brilliant format really really good you're, great. you're a bit of a natural mate oh thank you man <laughs> yeah i don't know if this gets like kind of what whether this uh all gets on the recording or whatever but i'm still recording now anyway you. but okay yeah, yeah. But th thank you so much but it's, it's a real like privilege to be asked and um yeah it really is mate. like it really like honestly i think um yeah i i don't think i just you it's just so great to listen to the podcast i really enjoy it and any way we can support like always always let us know no thank um, you man because it's such a good platform no i'm i'm yeah. definitely buzzing I'm, I'm i'm hoping it's on this september i feel like it should be but even then the festival. yeah 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 i know um yeah yeah Yes, sir. No, I really enjoyed that episode. Shout out George, my guy, 13 years deep and that. Anyway, if you enjoyed that episode, follow us on Instagram at rooted and established underscore share with your friends. And I also can't help but think what a rooted and established festival would look like. Mm -hmm.